Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of Afrikaine Focus with myself, Kwame, a Ghanaian broadcaster, writer, podcaster and entrepreneur. And in this week's edition of Afrikaine Focus, we'll be looking at the biopic of Bob Marley called One Love uh, that is currently uh, being shown in screen cinemas across the world. Now we'll be giving a critique of that and we'll be giving our you know, opinion of the movie and why the movie for us is um, kind of fake and not really giving you a proper or real dimension of Bombard the Great Man. All right, so that's this week's uh, subject for discussion. The Bum Marley biopic, One Love, Fact or Fiction? So before we get into this week's podcast, uh, just to let you know, uh, the podcast has been sponsored by Grow For Me Ghana. Grow For Me Ghana is a fantastic initiative that seeks to help and support Ghanaian farmers with their farms and produce. And so if you'd like to be a sponsor of a Ghanaian farmer, I will put the link to Growth Me Ghana in the footnotes to the podcast. Also, if you like what you hear, please share to your friends, your family, your social media networks. And also, if you want to, um, you can also subscribe to the show. Uh, you can subscribe on all the main podcast platforms. And again, you can follow me on Spotify Podcast. Just look out for the Ghana Stroke Africa in Focus podcast on Spotify. And at the moment, we are we are looking to get 800 subscribers by the end of the year. We've got so far 435. So thank you to all of you who have followed me on Spotify. All right. And if you want to come to Ghana, if you want to do business in Ghana, buy land, buy property, etc., then we do offer a consultative session where we can tailor make a package to suit your needs. All right. So we do offer a 20-minute briefing or a half an hour, you know, comprehensive, uh, you know, sorry, a one hour, uh, sorry, a one hour comprehensive service, that's a 30 US dollars, and we can give you a telemade uh, program or itinerary based on your needs and wants. So if you would like to book your consultation with myself, I will, again, I will leave you my email address at the front of the podcast, and you can book your consulting session. All right, so let's get into this week's podcast, looking at the biopic of Bob Marley, One Love, Fact or Fiction. So uh, there's a lot of hype at the moment surrounding uh, the Bob Marley's biopic. It's called One Love. So this is the latest biopic of The Great Man. Now, it's, it sort of coincides with his 75th anniversary. Uh, had Bob Marley not died, uh, Bob Marley would have been uh, he was born February the um, 6th. Uh, so I'll get that out for you. Bob Marley. So this biopic is being released uh, to actually coincide with the great man's birthday. So uh, Bob Marley was born, or well, given his real name, Robert Nesta Marley, was born on 6th of February. 1945. So if Bob Marley was still alive, he'd be 79 years of age. So this is why this uh, biopic has been released to coincide with his Earth Day 
this month, all right? So, you know, the biopic uh, was officially released in Jamaica, Kingston, and that was on the 23rd uh, of January. And um, it's going to be, it was released in um, US yesterday, and it's also going to be released in the UK tomorrow. That's February the 16th. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of hype uh, that has been uh, created because of this film uh, by Hollywood of Bob Marley called One Love. Now, for me, you know, as it is Hollywood, we have to understand that, you know, Hollywood are not going to necessarily tell the real story or the true story of the great man. What they would do and what they have done is that they'll make it palatable uh, basically for, for you know, a, a, a sort of white or European audience because the majority of film goers, you know, are European Caucasian people, yeah? And so the film was made in mind to target that particular, you know, ethnic, you know, uh, group or that particular cross-section of people uh, who would often go to see films, yeah? So the editor, the producer, the director, the scriptwriters, that, that was at the front of their very mind, yeah? Because people need to understand that nothing happens by chance, yeah? Everything, particularly in Hollywood, is very, very systematically and carefully analysed, carefully monitored, carefully evaluated before it's actually released to the public. So every time they do a film in Hollywood, right, you know, there's millions that go into the budget of the film, you know, the soundtrack of the film, and also the marketing of the film, so that they are able to pitch it to an audience that they think will like the film, yeah? So like I said, nothing is to chance as far as Hollywood's concerned. And this is why, for me, I think the film is a fraud and is not a true reflection on Bob Marley, but I'll come to that in a minute. And so, you know, like I said, you know, it's now released worldwide and to be released in the UK February 16th. So, you know, the film is, like I said, been very, very carefully and systematically uh, crafted to give a mainstream opinion of Bob Marley. Now, even the, the title for me even gives it away, One Love. So, you know, by that, you are seeing that Bob Marley is a, a man of peace and love, which is true. And also this, um, you know, this man that one love, love, love everybody and that kind of thing. And also, you know, this thing about, you know, him being a ganja loving, pot smoking, you know, uh, kind of confused, mixed race person. So for those of you who are not aware, Bob Marley was mixed race. He had an African Jamaican mother and a Caucasian Scottish father. Yeah. And so most of Bob Marley's life was obviously in Jamaica, where he grew up in Jamaica, born and born and raised in Jamaica. And obviously that's where he found his his um, you know, he found his fame in the producing reggae music. And let's not forget, reggae music, this may sound controversial, but it's true. Reggae music did not originate in Jamaica. It was popularized in Jamaica, yeah. So just like, you know. The, the ends of rap was not or did not originate in America, but it became popular in America. 
Yeah, because rap and poetry, or, or, or yeah, rap and poetry, or you could say rap, which is a form of poetry, did not begin in America, it began in Africa. Yeah, and if you want to even go back, right, look at Asop's fables, Asop, A-E-S-O-P. He was one of the first, you know, uh, literary poets, and this was in the King, Kingdom of Kemet. He was actually an enslaved African in Kemet, so-called Egypt, yeah? You can Google it, A-E-S-O-P. Yeah, he was a black man, by the way, but they won't tell you that, but he was an African man, yeah? Asop, A-E-S-O-P, yeah? So the same way that rap didn't originate in America, but was popularized in America, the same way that reggae, believe it or not, did not originate in Jamaica, but it became popularized in Jamaica, yeah? So that art form was popularized in Jamaica, yeah? So now, you know, when we make a critical analysis of Bombardier, yeah, it is nowhere near the depiction in the film. Because Bombardier, who was mixed race, mixed African, European, Caucasian, yeah? Bombardier was very, very pro his African side, yeah? But you're not going to see that in the film. Because Bombardier, that side of him, the pro-black side of him, is too much for the director and the producers of the film in Hollywood to actually put in the film because that would detract or that would not, you know, sell the film. So, so if they had made the film, for example, if they had made the film, you know, showing Bob Marley's pro-black uh, traits and characteristics, right, the film would not sell. So they've got to, like I said, so they've watered it down. What Hollywood has done in One Love, they've watered it down so that it appeals to a wider, you know, uh, audience. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying that that is not an objective, true depiction of Robert Nestor Marley, yeah? Because if you study the man and particularly listen to his music, yeah, you know, you be very, very hard-pressed not to think that Bob Marley was pro-black and wanted, you know, the, the redemption of black people, yeah? So he wasn't just this, you know, they tried to, you know, like, like as in with other films, because this is not the first time they've done a biopic on Bob Marley, but this is obviously quite poignant. And the other, you know, biopics of Bob Marley have shown him as a confused mix with man, you know, who wasn't really um, abreast of his culture, and, you know, he was a peace-loving, gander-smoking, you know, person, yeah, who happened to produce this, you know, great reggae music. But the fact of the matter is, Bob Marley, we appreciate it or not, whether you know it or not, but the truth of the matter is, Bob Marley, this mixed race uh, man, was actually very, very pro-black, yeah? And I can give you many, many examples, which I will do in a minute, of Bob Marley being pro-black and very, very politicized black man. So, for example, in Jamaica, you know, there were factions between the Jamaica Labour Party and the PMP, or the, I think yeah, PMP Party Jamaica, yeah? And here the concert in Jamaica in the 1970s that actually brought the two factions together. So these two political parties, yeah, the PMP and the Jamaica Labour Party had their factions that oftentimes became violent, yeah? And in one period in Jamaica's history, and this is particularly in the 1970s, 
you know, when Bob Marley was getting too political, in actual fact, you know, an assassination attempt was made on Bob Marley's life, you know, in the mid-70s, yeah, where Bob Marley escaped, you know, a gunshot assassination on him, yeah? And that's because he was very, very political, yeah? And in one of his concerts, he brought the two fashions together, uh, i.e. Norman Manley or Michael Manley, I can't remember which one is, but which one of the Manleys that he was, and also Edward Siaga, you know, he brought them together in a concert of unity and love because basically he wanted Jamaica to be, you know, to, to be more unified than what it actually was at the time. Yeah? But that, you probably won't see that much of that in one love. Yeah? And also, Bob Marley was, you could say, a Pan-Africanist. He was a radical black man in that regard. And you definitely ain't going to see that within one love, yeah? Because Bob Marley, even though he was, even though he had a white father, Caucasian father, he was very, very proud of his African heritage, yeah? Because obviously that's the that's the way in which, in which his mother, Rita Marley, raised him up to be, proud of his African heritage. And by the way, you know, Rita Marley, uh, is actually actually has a, a house in Ghana. She moved to Ghana, you know, in I think in the eighties, and has lived in Ghana for a long, long time. So Rita Marley has a house in the mountain in Ghana, and so you know she raised Bob to be proud of his African heritage, yeah. And this is evident in a lot of Bob Marley's music. So some of the songs that I I that are my favorites that I will put in the front of this podcast include things like War. Include things like Babylon System, include things like um, One Drop, includes songs like Get Up Stand Up, include songs like Zimbabwe, where in actual fact, yeah, Robert Nesta Marley, Bob Marley, was invited by Robert Mugabe to actually play at the Independence Concert, you know, in 1980 when Zimbabwe. Uh, got independence from Britain, yeah? And in actual fact, according to, you know, Africans on the ground at that time in Zimbabwe, reggae music was a very, very powerful, you know, uh, tool of the liberation movement in Zimbabwe, and that helped to engender that, you know, Pan-African spirit and, you know, African liberation tendencies within the people of Zimbabwe, you know, in order for them to gain their independence. And reggae music, in particular, Bob Marley's revolutionary lyrics, yeah, i.e. get up, stand up, you know, uh, Babylon system, etc., etc., those kind of songs instilled in the people of Zimbabwe that revolutionary spirit in order for Zimbabwe, then called Rhodesia, to get independence from the British in 1980, yeah? And like I said, you know, Bob Marley was invited by Robert Mugabe to actually play a concert at Harare, yeah? Showing you that far from the image that you will see in One Love, Bob Marley was a radical Pan-Africanist, yeah? Also, you know, again, something that won't be depicted in terms of the film uh, One Love, again, you know, how Bob Marley's music was 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 you could say a soundtrack to particular poor black people around the world, yeah? So not just in Zimbabwe on the continent of the motherland, yeah, of Africa, but also other parts of Africa. 
you know, that were facing oppression, you know, using Bob Marley's term, Babylon system, yeah? Even in Britain, in the in, in the late 70s, yeah? Which was a time of, you know, uh, economic difficulties in Britain that resulted in a recession in Britain that also, you know, uh, resulted in massive unemployment. And that particular uh, unemployment had, had a profound effect on the black community in Britain. And also the black community in Britain was also being, you know, uh, oppressed by the police with things like sus laws, you know, modern day stop and search, and also the inequalities that African people in the UK were experiencing. And so reggae music, yeah, and Bob Marley's music was no exception, but Bob Marley's music also, you know, enabled, you know, black people in the UK in the 1970s, in particular, late 70s, late 70s time, to, you know, get a a positive outlook of themselves and also a positive outlook on their blackness and also being more, you know, Pan-African in the outlook because of the influence of Bob Marley's music, okay? So, you know, contrary to what you may see on One Love, you know, Bob Marley's music wasn't about, you know, unity and, you know, let's all live together, that kind of thing. That had its place, but as I mentioned, the main driver of Bob Marley's music, right, was for black liberation. Hence why it made sounds like Exodus, yeah, movement of Jap people. And go, go and listen to the Exodus album. That's why Bob Marley had a song called Africa Unite, yeah? And if you listen to the lyrics of that song, you know, he's talking about the whole African people, not just in the content, but the world over. For Africans to come together and unite for one purpose, a common destiny and a common aim. Yeah, so Bob Marley, why right, was not this person that you're gonna see in the film One Love? Yeah, contrary, Bob Marley was a radical Pan Africanist. He was a, you know, in all intents and purposes, he was an African nationalist, a black nationalist. Yeah, you know, and the so called religion, Rastafarianism, is again, it is not a religion, it is actually a way of life. Yeah, and that spiritual belief encompassing the way of life had its roots in Africa. So again, the Rasta thing is not a Jamaican thing. And also locks and, um, you know, Cane Rose and Conro is not a Jamaican thing. Yeah, because even looking in African history, right, some of the great kings and queens and high priests and princesses had actually had locks and, you know, Cane Rose. So, for example, if you look at ancient Egypt, yeah, ancient Kemet, a lot of the so-called pharaohs and queens of Kemet, Egypt, had their hair in cane rows and locks, yeah? If you look at the great king or the great pharaoh, Ramses II, who was responsible for that, um, you know, pyramid, the, the, the so-called pyramid at Kem, so-called Giza, yeah? The great pyramid of Ramses, yeah, Ramses, he himself had locks. You come even to um, somewhere like Ghana, the old Ashanti Empire, yeah? The 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 the, the co-founder of the Ashanti Empire, Konfu Onoche, yeah, Konfu Onoche, he himself had dreadlocks, yeah? 
long this is long before Jamaica was even independent, long before there was a thing called Jamaica, long before even Bob Marley's great grandparents were born. Yeah, Confonache, yeah, had locks. And when you go to Kamatsi, particularly when you enter or when you go into the Confonache Teach Hospital, so this is a hospital named named after the great man, Confonache, right? There's a roundabout, yeah, and on that roundabout you see an image of Confonache conjuring up the famous Asantigona stool, and you see his image with locks. Yeah. So this is in the 1600s. So that rubbishes the idea, those two examples I've given you, rubbishes the idea that locks, dreads, and cambers are somehow a Jamaican thing. They're not. They are an African thing that has been, you know, uh, you could say copied by our, our Jamaican kith and king, yeah? So obviously Jamaicans are from Africa because their DNA is Africa. Like Kwame Nkrumah said, I am not African because I was born in Africa. I am African because the African was born in me. So Jamaicans, you know, they imbibe their African culture heritage. And this is why when you see, when you go to Jamaica today, you will see a lot of Jamaicans embracing the African heritage in the form of the hairstyle. So the cane row, the corn row, the dreadlock, the twist, etc. All these are African hairstyles, yeah? And Bob Marley, was no different. Bob Marley, like I said, embraced to the tilt his African heritage. And for me, that's very, very important because this is a man who had a white father who, because of his mother, yeah, and because of the circumstances around his 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 um upbringing, was pro-black and proud of his African heritage, yeah? And this is something that you're not going to find in the film. Uh, one love because they're gonna give you a watered down version, yeah, which is which is um palatable for white consumption. Because like I said at the beginning, if the director and the producer of One Love had created a movie where you see Bob Marley in his Pan African pro black um natural being or natural self then according to the producers and the directors of the film in Hollywood, that would not really sell or that not really sit with particular majority white audiences. And so what you're going to see is a watered-down version of The Great Man. And this is why I'm making this pocket because, you know, people need to understand that there was a gender behind this film and there's also an image and a um yeah, an image that Hollywood wants to portray in this film of Bob Marley. Yeah, and that was already predetermined and pre-planned before the film was even made, yeah. And I'm saying to our people that, that are gonna watch the film, you know, use your third eye, think outside the box here, yeah, and understand that given Bob Marley's music right, and I put some of his Revolutionary stuff on the um, footnotes of the podcast. Given Bob Marley's music, right, the image of Bob Marley that they want to sell to you in the film is not the entirety of the of the true nature and true character of the man. Because Bob Marley was, for me, an African revolutionist and a Pan-Africanist, yeah? And so in closing, 
I'm not saying don't watch a film, you know, don't watch a film, but like I said, use your third eye and be very circumspect as to the hidden agenda and the hidden portrayal and the hidden message that they want to portray in the film. And ask yourself, why did they not include in the film, which is which was part of Bob Marley's life and music, his Pan-African Black Narcissist dance? Yeah, because that's also very, very important part of Bob Marley's life and legacy that the film should have put and portrayed me, yeah? Because you can't have a film about Bob Marley, yeah, without including in that film, you know, Bob Marley's Pan-African stance and also Bob Marley's political activism, yeah? So I just wanted to, you know, I give you my take on the film and give you another dimension and another, you know, avenue from which you can think and, and have a clear vision of that may not be portrayed necessarily in the film One Love, all right? So you've been listening to African Focus with myself, Kwame. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the Ghana Strict African Focus podcast. You can subscribe on all the main uh, podcast providers. You can also follow me on Spotify. Just look out for Africa Strict Ghana Focus podcast on Spotify. Again, we're looking for 800 subscribers. So please subscribe to me on Spotify. And also, if you do want to do any kind of business in Ghana, buy a land, buy property, etc., we do offer a consulting session where we can actually tailor and make a package for you based on what you actually want to achieve you know, in Ghana. All right, so thank you very much for listening to this week's edition of African Focus. In next week's edition of African Focus, we'll have a... a um, We'll have a, uh, you could say, a roundup of the Just Gone Africa Cup of Nations, which for me was a very, very great success. So we'll give you, you know, our, you know, um, take on the whole tournament and how it was a great success, not just for Côte d'Ivoire, but for the African content as well. All right, and so for myself, Kwame, and for the crew here on Africa in Focus, it's thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you. Uh, next week for some more Africa in Focus.